Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, the 10th of December, 2020. One thing as a pastor, and even on this podcast, uh, one tool of the trade, so to speak, is the sermon illustration, where you use a story that you've come across, or maybe a personal experience, or uh, something from history, or a headline, to help make the point uh, that the Bible is trying to make in whatever text that you are teaching on. And you might do this just to help explain that maybe the illustration will shed light on whatever it is you're talking about. Maybe uh, the illustration sometimes even explain, but maybe bring a lighter moment to the the sermon, especially if it's been intense. You can kind of let people catch their breath a little bit. Sometimes the illustration is meant just to drive a point home in a, in a powerful way, uh, a way that makes people feel the point more. Well, of all the different illustrations that I've used, thinking about ones about my kids, thinking about my own life, thinking about stories I've heard, all these different things, no sermon illustration has ever been as intense as the illustration that is given in the book of Hosea, which we begin today in our Bible reading as we look at the first five, yes, you heard that right, five chapters of Hosea. And we, we see here, it's not so much a sermon illustration, it is a life illustration that God gives to this Old Testament prophet as he prophesies to these kingdoms that are going astray, these kingdoms that are rejecting God. Um, and we think Hosea is one of the earlier of these prophets uh, before the, the kingdoms have started to go into exile. And we, we see the illustration in chapter one, starting in verse two, when it says, when the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go take to yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. Go marry a prostitute, Hosea. And this is all an illustration. It's an illustration because the people, this land, this nation is committing spiritual infidelity, spiritual prostitution, and have kids named Jezreel, which is a city and kind of a valley there in the nation of Israel where bad things had had happened. Uh, he's going to punish the house of Jehu for the blood of Jezreel. Oh, have another kid and name it No Mercy. My wife is pregnant right now. Just the other day, we were debating names. No Mercy was not one of the ones that came up. Uh, neither was Not My People. The other name that God commands. So even his marriage and his children, uh, they are given names and they are all meant to symbolize what is happening. That God is depicting the sins of the people of Israel as um, spiritual adultery, spiritual prostitution. And that he's not going to have mercy. Uh, that not my people, right? That there, there's going to be punishment and judgment that comes. And we see more of that in chapter two. Uh, and he really starts getting into just the teaching in chapters four and five when he talks about the accusations that he is making against Israel and Judah and the punishment that is coming. But also in the middle, there is this amazing passage. Uh, start so God is going to punish. You see things like um, verse 11 of chapter one, and I will put an end to all her mirth, her feasts, her new moons, her Sabbaths, and all her appointed feasts. And I will lay waste 
her vines and her fig trees, of which she said, these are my wages, which my lovers have given me. Uh, So he's saying, I'm going to bring these punishments in verse 13. I will punish her for the feast days of the Baals when she burned offerings to them. So punishment is coming. But look at the switch that happens. Sorry, this is chapter two. Look at the switch that happens in chapter two, verse 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And there I will give her vineyards and talks about making this valley a door of hope that in the, after the punishment, there is going to be this, he depicts it as sweet um, restoration. And even in verse 23, he says, and I will sow for herself, sow her for myself in the land and I will have mercy on no mercy. And I will say to not my people, you are my people. And he shall say, you are my God. And Isaiah even depicts this because it seems that, you know, he marries this woman who then goes out and is unfaithful again. But he goes out and he redeems her. He actually has to buy her back. And we see all of it as a powerful depiction. One, a powerful depiction of sin. Sin is spiritual adultery. Sin is spiritual prostitution. And then on the flip side of that, we see it as a powerful expression of God's mercy that Hosea, even though his wife was unfaithful, he loved her anyways. He bought her back. Now, wow, that is something that we should all take personally. I mean, we we should understand, I think, how that applies to the nation of Israel. Even I don't believe God is done with um, the nation of Israel, and that even though they were unfaithful, God still loves them. God still has a plan for them. But I think even as a Gentile believer, this is something that we should take very, very personally. Even when we think of um, language, like in First Peter, where it talks about God having mercy on people who, on whom he hadn't had mercy, and pe- the people that weren't his people becoming his people, that you should take this personally both in a couple of ways. One, you should take the depiction of sin as spiritual adultery personally. All of us were created to know, to worship, to live for our creator. And every single one of us, without exception, has been incredibly unfaithful to him. And that's how we should feel, even if you're a Christian, about the sin of your past. We should understand how serious it was. And we should also um, understand the temptations that we face now, how serious they are. But at the same time, we should also understand how amazing God's love is, that he would be patient um, to us, that he would open the door to us for salvation. What a merciful God that we worship. We even sang at our church last Sunday, we sang the song, his mercy is more. And the second verse says, what patience would wait as we constantly roam. What father so gently is calling us home. He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. And I hope that song even is fresh in our hearts today when we realize I'm the weakest, I'm the vilest. I was the spiritual prostitute but God saved me and God has welcomed me home and God has transformed me even and taken and cleansed me and purified me from my sin and and set me on a different path. 
These are great things to learn as we start the book of Hosea today. Next, we turn to the Gospel of John, John chapter 16, where today we are looking at verses 1 through 15. And we ask a question today, what's the Holy Spirit all about? And that can be a difficult question because instantly we, we get off into the weeds and we, we start getting into particulars and we were like, well, I, I'm not really sure. And when we see people that, well, they do this and I don't think it's that. Well, what can we know? Well, this, this chapter, I think, gives us some clear things that we should understand about the Holy Spirit. One is just the benefit that it is. In verse seven, Jesus says, it is to your advantage that I go away. So Jesus is even saying like, hey, this helper is going to be so good that it's good that I'm leaving and this helper is coming. So we should have a very high view of the Holy Spirit. And one thing that it says, that he says specifically about the Holy Spirit is verse eight. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Um, So we, we think about all of these things. And we, we see one role that the Holy Spirit, Spirit has is bringing conviction, bringing conviction to people. And that is a necessary process. It's a necessary, uh, necessary part of the salvation process to, to admit that we are sinners and call out to Jesus Christ as a savior requires that we be convicted of sin. And so that's something that we should be eagerly expecting and praying for the Spirit to do. And, and again, there's so much going on in our world right now. Uh, whether you look at things probably in your local area or you look at things nationally or you look at things around the world. But we have to remember every single person on this planet is a soul. And so many of them, billions and billions of people in this planet, likely thousands or hundreds of thousands or maybe even millions of people in your local community do not know Jesus Christ as their savior. And so one of our most urgent requests should be that in light of all the chaos in this world, the Holy Spirit is doing his work of convicting people of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and drawing them to Jesus Christ. And I hope that's something you take some time to pray for today. There is nothing that is more urgent than that. Because we're not even just talking about whether people's lives here and now will be affected. We're not even thinking about whether people's health or lives will be lost in that sense. We're talking about eternity. And we want to make sure that is the most urgent and pressing of our needs and our concerns and our prayers. And knowing that's something that the Spirit has said uh, that that he will do, that Jesus said the Spirit will do. And then it also says that Jesus says in verse 12, I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And I think verses like this, and we've seen some others in this section of John 14 to 16, where one of the common threads is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. I think it's really leading us forward to the New Testament that the Spirit came and helped these apostles and people that they worked with to write the New Testament. And that Jesus couldn't explain everything then, but the Holy Spirit then came. And now we have uh, the completed canon of Scripture that the Holy Spirit inspired. So that's another thing that we should devote our attention to. And that's why we do this podcast every day. 
Uh, but one thing that we see at the beginning of John 16, again, is talk about persecution, uh, that, that we shouldn't fall away in the midst of it, that he says even the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. Wow, um, that, that's an intense statement. And we see some elements of that persecution as we look at Revelation chapter 12 today. Revelation chapter 12. And Revelation chapter 12 reminds us that the people of God and the cause of God has a very real enemy. Uh, we see him depicted here as this dragon, and it tells us who the dragon is. It's the great, the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. And we see how he has opposed God in in the past. Even it talks about this, this baby or this woman giving birth to this baby who is to rule the nations, talking about the Messiah, and uh, he, he wants to devour it. And we even think about how uh, Satan uh, was, must have been behind what King Herod was trying to do. Um, and that God protected Jesus and he sent the family into Egypt. And we know that Satan is working to oppose the church right now. We know he's going to do that in this future time of tribulation. It talks about people who have been martyred clearly in this time. In verse 11, it says, And and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. So here it's talking about people that were faithful to the cause of Christ, even unto death. And then we also see, I think there's a way that God is going to protect people from this enemy, though, in the future. And it even talks about um, the earth coming to the help of this woman, that the dragon is trying to devour this woman. And there's a place prepared in the in the desert for, you know, this period of three and a half years. And so we put all of that together and see, you know, it looks like God is going to do some miraculous things to protect his people, even though some will give their lives for him in this period of time. He will do miraculous things to protect his people for a season, for this intense time of uh, tribulation. I think a lot of that centers, as I think the tribulation centers, on the nation of Israel and a work that God is going to do with them. We wrap up today with Psalm 141, just the first four verses today. And it's a great passage as we think about prayer. Maybe it's a good time for you even as this podcast ends to spend some time praying. And he calls out, Oh Lord, I call upon you, hasten to me, give ear to my voice when I call on you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And then he asked God, set a door You said, a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline to any evil, to busy myself with wicked deeds in the company with men who work iniquity. And let me not eat of their delicacies. It's a great thing for us to go to God and pray and ask that he would listen to us, even in the midst of a crazy world. But it's also good for us to go to God with humility, asking God to protect us from sin. And even as we were reminded by that really powerful illustration in the book of Hosea, We want to ask God to keep us away from sin because we know how awful it is. So may you look to God for help today and may you look to God to help keep you from sin as well. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 